Hi guys, welcome to the Try New Frequency with Amber podcast. My name is Amber Chanel and I'll be your host. My podcast is for anyone who loves music videos and living a life of synchronicities. A focus will be on music videos from back in the day when MTV actually played music videos. My goal is to help challenge old ways of thinking, to have an open discussion about music videos and to connect it to our current reality. I live a life full of daily synchronicities and would love to have you join me on my journey. And I'll also be bringing on spiritual experts to interview. So let's have fun, listen to great music, and raise the frequency in our lives. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Super excited. Today, I've got a guest with me. Her name is Teresa Lear Levine, and she's an EFT master practitioner and energy coach. So welcome, Teresa. Thank you so much for having me, Amber. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Teresa here shortly. She picked out an awesome song we'll be discussing at the end. It was by the Indigo Girls called Galileo, and it was released in 1992. So we're going back a little bit there and excited to discuss that here at the end. So Teresa lives in Davidsonville, Maryland with her husband, Jeff, and their four boys. She's an entrepreneur with a background in psychology, nutrition, and fitness. She's been helping women work on various aspects of their mental and physical health over the past 25 years. Her struggles with ADHD, trauma, and the chaos and overwhelm of being a mompreneur with big goals and responsibilities led her how to cultivate the success, clarity, and inner peace that's used to feel so elusive to her. Using a unique blend of energy psychology, EFT, which is Emotional Freedom Technique, Pathing and Strategy, Teresa empowers other mompreneurs to overcome anxiety, distractions, and limiting patterns so they can feel happy, present, and fulfilled. Thank you so much, Teresa, again, for joining. I did want to start out asking you, first and foremost, how did you begin your practice, and in particular, the EFT? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for inviting me, Amber. Your invitation to be part of this was so refreshing. It's so neat to be able to incorporate the whole music video premise into the discussion. And I had so much fun selecting what we're going to talk about later. So thank you for kind of jazzing up the typical podcast interview with the focus that you put on that. I think that's just genius and it's so creative. I'm excited to be here and talk about it. So EFT, now I'm sure later we're going to talk about what it is, because I know a lot of people are thinking that we're going to be talking about like elect funds transfers or something like that, which is not at all (laughs) what we're doing here. But uh, that's what I thought it was before I learned more too. Now I come from a history of a lot of personal development. That's always been something that I've geeked out on and used to improve upon things that either felt just off with my life or things that I felt like I was still haunted by from my past or that were robbing me of joy in my present moments. And I would describe myself as a recovering perfectionist and someone who's had a lot of my success propelled by high functioning anxiety and the symptoms of that. So those symptoms I'll I'll talk about as well. But for me, it showed up as overthinking, overanalyzing, overplanning, overworking, and just overfunctioning in general and striving for perfection despite fatigue and exhaustion and not feeling present or grounded in my body. And I also have, you know, trauma. Uh, Everybody has trauma in my opinion, but I have, you know, trauma and I have ADHD. So While the underlying causes for the ways that those present themselves are different, ADHD and trauma, especially um, like post-traumatic stress disorder, I hate the D, the disorder in that, because I don't think it's really a disorder. I think it's just about the way that we process or don't process things. They present themselves in really similar ways. And with me, that was inattention, hyper-focus or distraction, restlessness, the need to always be busy outbursts, irritation, especially if something disrupts my plans or my routine and memory issues. Now that's just some of the commonalities in the symptoms that I personally experience. And I know that many other people that I work with, or that just to kind of attract uh, on a day-to-day basis and interact with experience too. Now, so in, in a lot of cases, there's not a lot of significant difference between the symptoms of trauma and ADHD. So it can get tangly when you have both. And then you add in that high functioning anxiety too. And I would get into this loop of overdoing things and then 
feeling inadequate about my ability to stay on task and to be productive and to remember everything that I needed to do. And there'd be this hypervigilance and not wanting to miss anything. And it would be nervousness and anxiousness and fearfulness. And that's not like who we are truly, you know, we're, we're not meant to live in that way. And I wouldn't be necessarily present and I wouldn't be being, I would be doing And it didn't feel good. It was was more like I didn't feel like I was worthy of simply being and relaxing and existing peacefully without doing something all the time. And it wore me down. I I tell you this, I know it wears down most of the people I work with on a day-to-day basis. And it doesn't have to be that way, I guess is the, the long story short. So part of me always wanting to like learn and do things was trying to overcome these feelings that I was having or whether I was avoiding or um, I simply enjoyed learning. It's hard to say, but I was always trying to learn more and do more and resolve more of my issues, but nothing was actually changing in the way that I was showing up and the way that I was feeling. And I had learned and read about EFT as I learned other modalities and coping mechanisms, but I kept telling myself it wasn't for me because the way that I had seen it presented was more for like big T traumas and people that had really been through like these huge disastrous events in their lives. So in thinking that my traumas were less significant or not as big, I thought it wasn't for me when it would have been really logical for me to realize that if it worked so well for people that had like been through hell and back that it could really, really help me. But instead I kind of just took the attitude of no, not for me, but you know, like so many things when, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. And that's what happened for me with EFT. I had been, it was a few winters ago and I was on a retreat with some of my colleagues and uh, a woman had come who had very basic training. Actually, she wasn't a master practitioner or anything. She had very basic training in EFT. And she worked with us on resolving basic anxiety, basic stress using the modality. And I was like, wow, like just with that little bit that she gave us in like the hour that we spent together, I felt so much different in my body. And I could feel that resolution that was happening, not just with knowing, but not having a different feeling, but I could feel all four of my different bodies coming together, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, the physical body. So I could feel all four of those bodies coming together and actually resolving the negative feelings that I was having. And it was so incredibly refreshing for me. So I came home from that retreat and I was like, I need to learn like everything about this. And so being the love of learning kind of gal that I am, I dove into like master level education on this and completed it all in like less than six months. And every day that I learned and worked and tapped on something, EFT is also called tapping. I just kept having these revelations and changes and ways that I was showing up differently and feeling differently and really, really felt like I was transforming. And honestly, it's like the closest thing to magic that I've ever experienced that's scientifically based and rational and logical. I couldn't wait to begin like working with clients and adding this to my already successful coaching business. Over the last few years, the addition of EFT has completely changed my responses, my openness, my sense of inner calm and transformed my business. And it's allowed me to more deeply impact the thousands of women that I've had the honor to work with. So, you know, it's, it's one thing to know something. It's another thing to be able to put it into action and make it happen. And EFT has really bridged that gap for me. Well, that's why I brought you on too, is I like to learn and EFT is something that I've been contemplating doing myself. I love to break the stigma on mental health. I have complex PTSD. I've learned to manage and certain things will trigger, obviously, but I just don't like people to feel defined by their diagnosis, I guess. I don't like people to have to live by that, but a lot of what you said resonated with me growing up and that perfectionistic goal and drive. And it's something that I had to learn to put a work-life balance more into place to focus on and be present in my personal reality. And that's where the fun was. I didn't realize that's where the fun was. So it's so great that you're helping so many people to being present Because honestly, when I first heard tapping, I heard it on a podcast quite a long time ago. I was like, how can tapping 
help. It seems inane. It really does. It seems just absolutely so simplistic and silly. And to think that it's capable of changing, it has the ability to change anything that you can feel, whether it's physical or emotional. And it can actually change our genes, the way our genes express themselves. Like it just seems so crazy that tapping on certain parts of your body while saying certain phrases can actually make that big of a difference. I think it's beautiful. And I'm interested to actually start doing it to bringing it in. I'm always wanting to try different experiences and a lot of my followers will as well. I thought for the longest time I I did cognitive therapy and talk therapy is great, but it wasn't getting me to what I wanted. So I always saw the eye movement desensitization realization therapy. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I started doing that I got quick results and it really helped with my spiritual unraveling. So not that I'm bringing that into, but it was trying something different. Yeah. A lot of similarities with, you know, EMDR, like you just mentioned and EFT, and there's also differences there. And, you know, depending on what you're going through, they all have their place. I mean, just helping people to find the coping mechanism or modality that works best for them is such a gift because, you know, while I know that EFT literally can work for anyone, and that's one of the best things about working with skeptics, because this is scientifically based. If you do it, it works. Not everybody resonates with that. And nobody wants to do therapy or things that they don't feel like doing, or they don't enjoy, or they don't feel like it's them. Right. I mean, a lot of people will give up pretty quickly, especially if they don't resonate. And I will say this out there to everyone. (laughs) And I at first thought, no, this isn't true. This is just too weird. When I started doing cognitive therapy, even years and years, I mean, I'm talking 20 years ago, and I couldn't connect right away with some of the therapists. And that's okay. Keep going until you find the one that you connect with. That is so essential. Don't just stick with someone if it's not working. And to know that they don't judge you for switching. It's commonplace to switch to find the right therapist. If your therapist is really judging you for anything, then it's probably not the right therapist. Amen to that. You know, it's, that's part of the reason why pursuing EFT certification for my own self-therapy was so important to me because while I've had amazing therapists and people that I've worked with, and I believe that, you know, coaches need coaches and we all need somebody uh, to make up our team of support. It can be really hard to find the time to find the person that's right for you. And it takes hours, weeks, I mean, whatever to to find somebody. And then in, in this day and age, you know, since the pandemic hit, the wait lists are crazy. So being able to work on my own issues with this modality was such a saving grace in between therapists or feeling like, oh, this person's not right. I don't need to stick with them because I have something I can do in the meantime that I can continue to do the work and I can continue to make progress and hold space for myself with this technique and continue to find that right person to be on my team also. And that's really, really important. Sure. Now I do want you to kind of explain Let's go scientific here. Tell me a little bit about what EFT actually yeah. is and how does it work? Definitely. That's really important because like I said before, most people don't know what it is. And so it has some, some unique attributes, but it's also super logical. It's backed by solid science. And it's like I said, it's refreshingly simple because it's this, it's this truly remarkable mix of modern psychology and psychotherapy blended with ancient Chinese wisdom and Chinese medicine that have been around for thousands of years. So let me explain the combination and the culmination of these things so we can kind of break it down a little bit. We have these, these channels in our body called meridians. They're, and there's places along them that we refer to as meridian points. These are the same areas of the body that are accessed to release pain, imbalance, or various other things if you were to go visit an acupuncturist or various other professionals that use these points to release things in their practices. So controlled studies have shown that any acupoint stimulation, whether it's using needles or not, brings relief from pain that is beyond what can be given by medication. Now, more evidence proving that the human body is composed of energy systems will undoubtedly be surfacing as Western medicine embraces more of the Eastern ideas, right? <laughs> and um, Absolutely. I cannot say that more. Everyone that listens to my podcast knows I'm from the United States, but everything that I'm leaning towards is Eastern based. So it's coming this way though. So thank you for saying that. 
yeah, I mean, it's been embraced in the East for thousands of years, but we're just kind of getting hip to the jive over here and not as quickly as people like you and me would like, but still progress is progress. So EFT works without any needles, which is obviously a relief to a lot of people that don't like them. Um, ironically, it's also one of the easiest and coolest techniques you can use to overcome fear of needles. If you're somebody that doesn't like needles and Instead, what we do is we tap with our fingertips on these endpoints, these meridian points that include places like the top of your head, your eyebrow, the side of your eye, under your eye, under your nose, under your mouth, your collarbone, and under your arm. Those are the main tapping points. Now you have tons of other points on your body. Sometimes people feel intuitively called to tap on other things. I love the back of the neck, actually. My I feel that one a lot. If I'm tapping through something, sometimes I'll be going through the ones that I just mentioned. And then I'll spend a little time just kind of working through around on the back of my neck, or there's ones on your legs, your thighs, the backs of your calves, they're all over the place. So your body is full of these meridian points, but the ones that I mentioned are the ones that in combination have been shown to release pretty much anything when you use them together. So that's really important. Meridians connect to different areas of the body, different organs, systems, all that kind of stuff. So we're tapping with our fingertips on these different areas of the body and we're going through feelings that we're having and affirmations that relate to the specific issue that we're working on. And we're talking and tapping our way through this range of emotions and memories or events without any undue emotional stress, which is really important because some therapies can really bring up your stress instead of releasing it. And EFT is non-traumatizing. And it's also one of the things that people sometimes who have been doing something like EMDR, which can actually be a bit traumatizing, come to me because there's no trauma in, in doing EFT. And it's actually been shown to have better results and not be as difficult to do. So it's when you're dealing with really sensitive subjects, it's a beautiful, beautiful technique to do. So when we implement it properly, we bypass the pathways that are typically accessed with talk therapy, like you were talking about. And the stress is eased on both the physical and emotional levels at the same time. So that's huge. And that's the key to the effectiveness of the process and the ripple effect that it causes. Because when we reduce stress in one place, it automatically reduces in others. So when our, our cortisol, which is like our big stress hormone that you hear talked about probably the most, when that's up, then our feel-good hormones, things like oxytocin, which people call like the love hormone, um, our feel-good stuff is down. We literally can't have one up and the other one up at the same time or both down at the same time. If one's up, the other one's down, kind of like a seesaw. So when we can, we can lessen the resistance that we have to our pain and we lessen the cortisol, then we feel better. And that doesn't just affect the one thing that we're working on. It affects everything. I mean, everybody, uh, for the most part, when they think about cortisol, most people go right to cortisol and weight gain. That's like the one big thing that you hear it associated with the most. But when you lower cortisol, things like weight gain and weight issues and stuff automatically get easier, even though you're not focused on those. So it's a really, really cool ripple effect. And, you know, while it's believed that our genes have been like so fixed that nothing can alter their determinism, new biology like epigenetics is shedding light on that. And it's becoming really evident that deep in the DNA of our cells, there's responsiveness to environment and that cells are dynamic and they're, they're changeable and various environmental factors can turn certain genes on and off. And EFT is being shown to do this with all different genes and the way they express themselves with some things it lasts for, you know, a few hours and with some things it's permanent. And that's like, I don't even know how to explain how huge that is, but it's really, really, really huge. So it has a really lasting effect. Whereas, you know, like you were talking about talk therapy, sometimes, you know, you go and you speak with a therapist, you feel good in that hour, in that moment, maybe even the week or the month, but then something comes along again, that triggers those same emotions that you thought you worked out. And there they are again, full force. And it's because the root issue wasn't resolved to the bodily level in your nervous system and your fight or flight instincts are still like firing like mad and bringing you back to responses that have been ingrained in your neural pathways that we can change the patterns of with EFT. So that's a little bit of the, the sciencey stuff around it. 
that's the fun stuff. And actually it's unique that synchronicity, I always am talking about synchronicity, but that you bring up epigenetics because last night I had an alert. I watched the channel Gaia Mm -hmm. and there was a new episode that came out last night that I had to watch before bed. It was the galactic messages, transcending genetic tampering. And it's cool about epigenetics. Yeah. So just thought I'd throw that out there in case anybody's looking for a good listen. It talks all about it. So really in detail. That's really cool. That's awesome. With the back of the neck, you talked about tapping. Mm-hmm. You may know this, you may not, because I just found this out recently. Did you know the gates of consciousness are back there? I guess I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. I, okay. So it's unique when you, the back of the neck, the gates of consciousness back there in that area. Cause I, when I was having my big spiritual awakenings, that's what will really open and kind of like cause a little bit of pain a little bit, but then it goes away. So just wondered if you thought about that at all. So no, that's actually, that's really fascinating. I mean, EFT's role in consciousness is huge. So it, it only makes sense. Beautiful. So now we talked about more of the science and how it's helped transform your life and business. I guess, what would you tell someone who's skeptical about trying EFT? I mean, simply put, the answer is just try it. <laughs> because um, <laughs> I, I love working with skeptics because like I mentioned before, it's a scientifically proven technique. So the easiest and best way I feel like for skeptics to introduce themselves, I mean, obviously if you're skeptical and you're looking for change, you're going to have to be somewhat open to doing this. I can't like, I can't make somebody do something they're not interested in doing, but the point is you don't have to believe in order to get a result. There's not, I mean, belief of course, increases the efficacy of almost anything, but if you don't believe you can still get a result. And I would just say, if you're skeptical, lean into it a little bit, just give it a little bit of a lean and try it on something that is like a physical problem, perhaps maybe a headache or something that's tangible, I guess is what I'm going for. Because if you're trying to use it to unravel like childhood trauma or something like really big and deep and complex where perhaps your results aren't going to show up like right here, right now for you to understand and see them, then that may add to your skepticism. Whereas if you can tap on a headache or a backache or something like that and see what a difference 10 minutes, three minutes, whatever you give it makes, then you're going to be a lot less skeptical about trying it on some of those less tangible things where it can make a huge difference. And it'll just, it'll add to your confidence and ultimately your own empowerment to make that change. Because empowerment to me is, is the entire purpose of learning how to do EFT and releasing things with it. And once you realize like, Hey, I just spent like 10 minutes. I had this migraine before. Now I feel great. And I'm ready to go on my day. I am so freaking amazing and powerful. Like you want more of that. Anybody would. Of course. That's the biggest thing out there is to feel self-empowered and realize how much power we do have. I don't think people realize that enough because of, I hate to blame society, but it's just the reality, you know, out there. But if we learn to own in, especially as women into our superpowers and being the superwoman we are, I think that people will have a lot less ailments, I guess. That's yeah the best way I can put it there. I'm going to try out one of your sessions because you're able to do sessions across the United States, right? Oh yeah. I pretty much do hundred percent virtual, you know, not just because of the pandemic, but because most of my clients don't live in my neighborhood or city or aren't close by. So I love working with people all around the world. It's the fun of the, the job really. You can do it around the world too. Wonderful. Cause I do listeners from around the world. So that's Awesome. And then I'll update everybody and let them know how it goes because I'm very open to it. So that's why I was super excited to have you on. Now, for those that, again, are questioning it, what are some of the blocks, I guess, common blocks and challenges that EFT can help mompreneurs, I guess, to overcome? Yeah. Well, every mompreneur being a a female with, you know, a family that also runs a business or is is business oriented, every mompreneur has different challenges that are specific to them, but then there's those, those common things. And like I may have mentioned before, EFT can be used on 
anything that you can feel. And the idea is that we're removing energetic blockages. Basically any dis-ease in our body comes from the energy not flowing the way that it's supposed to or intended to in our, in our body and our energy system. So the symptoms of the high functioning anxiety that I mentioned earlier are all things that are treatable with EFT, the symptoms of trauma, PTSD, any kind of bothersome memories or experiences, ADHD, which is another thing that um, I mentioned that I deal with and many of the people that I work with do, depression, body pains, parenting or marriaging, marriaging, parenting or marriage issues, um, should be a verb, uh, kind of like love is a verb or marriaging, um, limiting beliefs, which come up a lot when you're running your own business, especially and ways that we've been programmed things that maybe you've had difficulty changing that you want to change or things that you're trying to give up or do differently. Addictions and cravings and things like that are really fun, honestly, to work with with EFT just because it's so effective and almost easy to work through things. Sleep problems, you name it. I mean, they run the gamut. So it just really depends on what the specific woman is dealing with. And then at least with the work that I do, I tailor things to, to my clients specifically, uh, knowing that everybody's got different things that are bothering them. And with EFT, you always want to work on the biggest, baddest thing that's right in front of you right now, and then get to the root of that so that it doesn't come back. Cause it won't, once you get to the root, it's not coming back. If it comes back, you didn't get to the root and then move on to the next, you know, big, bad thing that's in your way. And some things like, you know, situational anxieties and things are going to be things that you come back to and you need to, you know, tap on again or, you know, resolve per situation and other things like maybe a bothersome memory from your past, you can resolve it and not have to experience it in the same way. And it's important to understand that doesn't mean forgetting it. We're not like doing some kind of woo woo thing and making you forget stuff or um, changing your past or whatever. But what we're doing is we're changing the way that your nervous system responds in the present. And that changes everything. You know, you brought up ADHD and a couple of my younger nieces have been diagnosed as kids. So does this work for children as well, or is it more for adults? If you have a nervous system, it works. Well, we do, so that'll work. (laughs) Yes. Um, And yeah, any, any ages. I don't specialize in work with younger people, but... I mean, I have four boys and when they have been willing to do it, you know, nobody wants to do what mom's doing or, you know, my family's not really interested in, in playing along with mom's uh, EFT, but when they've tried it, they've, they've gotten great results. It's easy to learn. And there are, um, there's some good books out there. And, and of course, you know, videos in this day and age, everything's got a video that kids can like kind of tap along with and do what we call it. We call it a round of EFT. When we like, let's say we were working on like focus or something, we would do a round where we're going through the different points and kind of taking it from the most negative to kind of turning it around to things that are more positive and allowing some things in through those cracks and uh, to change. And, you know, there's plenty of ways that the younger generations can access this. And there's, I'm sure coaches that specialize in working with young, young kids on this kind of stuff. Cause it's amazing for anybody. Perfect. I just thought I would ask that because we're looking for solutions, obviously that are not medicine focused so much because that's where they want to turn automatically. The doctors want to turn right there. And I'm like, we're so young. And sometimes it's a gift and sometimes it's not. And, you know, it's nice to be able to experiment. I know, you know, having all of my kids that are old enough to be diagnosed are diagnosed with ADHD and we've we've done the medicine. We've done the not medicine. We've tried different things. I've tried medications and I have also tried, you know, things like, you know, supplements and nootropics and things like that, that can really help. And I definitely prefer a more natural approach. I personally had wanted, I only got recently diagnosed um, officially like this past year. I've known I've had it and never a doubt in my mind that I had it, especially as like each of my kids got diagnosed. I'm like, yep, I, I get this. I understand. I know what you're going through. Feel it. Been there, done that. But it felt important to me to actually figure out the diagnosis this year, just knowing what my kids went through and just trying to figure out new ways of managing things myself. And just, you know, more of that learning that I love, but I, I, I toyed around with the, the meds and the Adderall and things. Um, and sometimes it was great for me. And other times I was like, this sucks. Like, this is not what I want to put in my body. This is not what I want to do. This doesn't feel right to me. And 
I guess the good thing in my opinion with the meds has been that, you know, unlike some medications where you have to stay on them or we're getting off of them as difficult, you can use something like Adderall like as needed. So it kind of took that with a grain of salt, but I much prefer the way that I feel when I'm, you know, using supplements or even like caffeine, honestly, has a much better effect on me than some of the, the meds. So yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that's worth exploring if your ADHD is having a detrimental effect, especially on your life, or if it's making you feel just willy nilly and like you're not able to focus and be productive in the way that you want to, but there's so many ways to go about treating it. And you know, of course, EFT is a great way to work on your focus. I can, I can do a round and get way more focused after, you know, a three minute round of EFT than I was three minutes before without any medication. So now you brought up doing it yourself, which clearly you're a practitioner with it, but unlike other traditional, like psychological therapies where, you know, you go somewhere and you have to be in the moment with it, they may give you some homework, you know, to do at home, but cognitive behavioral therapy, you're doing that one-on-one with someone. Can you practice this technique alone at some point? Can you get to the point where you don't need to have a practitioner there? Yeah, there's, that's kind of a a tricky question. Anybody can do EFT is the short answer. And you don't need any kind of special training or whatever you can actually give your listeners and yourself um, a cool guide that I have that has tapping rounds in it. And you can literally press play and you can be doing EFT. You don't even have to know what you're doing, but you can also learn about it and understand it and be able to create your own rounds and things. I actually created a program called Becoming More Me with EFT, where I condensed down the levels of master training that I took into a course that, you know, you can watch all the videos and do all the things in less time than it takes to like watch Hamilton. So it's uh, it's very condensed and easy to digest for people that aren't looking to become certified or do this as a practice. And they just want to be able to do it themselves and work out their own issues. But when it comes to things like trauma and stuff like that, I recommend working with a practitioner just because you might not know or recognize the signs of re-traumatizing yourself. And when EFT is done right, none of that has to happen. So just, it's, it's such a gentle technique and it's all about kind of allowing situations to be wrapped in love, acceptance, and forgiveness that, you know, you don't want to be hard on yourself to say the least in doing it and learning with a coach and from a coach can really, it increases your accountability because, you know, we all know, I mean, even myself, like sometimes days will go by and I'll be like, God, I haven't tapped in a few days and I feel like crap. Like, <laughs> you know, I really like, I could use my own coach to be like, okay, Teresa, so, you know, like having a moment right now and <laughs> let's just take 10 minutes and do this. And, you know, obviously when you have an appointment or a coach that you're working with, then you're going to be more accountable to following through on the things that really need working on. and going into the dark corners that are harder to go into on your own because most of us have been working like overtime super hard on not going there and avoiding and you know you don't want to like pick that scab or reopen something or whatever because subconsciously we're thinking that hey you know if i don't deal with that and i'm doing kind of okay then i'll probably be better off than if i open that door and let it out but The thing is like, it's in your brain, it's ingrained in there and it's in your nervous system. And you're living with the effects of that every day, even if you're not consciously thinking about it. So to take a session or 10 and work it out versus have it in your body and, you know, expressing itself in different ways or manifesting into worse things over the course of your lifetime. I think that's really worth it. Absolutely. I'm glad that you explained that. It's just for me, one of those things that people ask with the different modalities out there, will I ever be able to do it myself, you know, or is this going to be something I have to do for life? So I always like to ask that up front, you know, just to empower people, but I believe heavily in having someone to guide you and really work on those, especially when you're getting into the shadow work side of things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anybody can work on a headache. Anybody can work on, you know, pumping themselves up because EFT is great for, you know, promoting positive feelings that we're having too. But I I tend to focus more, I mean, EFT, you have to focus on the negative. And that's something I love about it actually, because 
in this world of toxic positivity and everything being like, you know, Hey, what's there to celebrate about what you're going through or whatever. And you just want to, and like, it's just like, you're not into it. We have to acknowledge and work out the negative stuff before we can feel truly good and positive and light and airy and peaceful and calm. Like if we don't acknowledge and work it out, then it's just stuck in there. And up and out is always better than like pushed down and suppressed. For sure. Now you brought up your course. That's one thing I did not see. So will we be able to share a link to your course in the show? Yeah, sure. I'll make sure you have that. Okay, perfect. So I'm actually interested in that. Now, how can people learn more about the methods you use to coach throughout these challenges? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm easily Googleable. You can, you know, Teresa Lear Levine, you can find a lot of different ways to enjoy the things that I do. But what I really want to give you guys is this link. And if you visit this, there's going to be a really cool ebook that you'll get. If you go to teresasfreegift.com, Teresa is with an H. So T-H-E-R-E-S-A-S, Teresa's freegift.com. And I've put together links to all different, like roughly five minute rounds of tapping that help with all different various subjects. So the idea is to release the overwhelm and to become more empowered. And I'm giving you all different ways of doing that through that offering that you'll get when you go to teresasfreegift.com. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it'll be really helpful for everyone. Now, the last question I have for you, Teresa, is we're going to go with the three. Uh, what three books or audiobooks, I guess, do you suggest listening to and recommend personally? Awesome. And yeah, for me, it's always audiobooks. My ADHD and I are like not into reading the book books. And with four kids, like I never have the time. So I have hundreds and hundreds of books on my Audible that I've listened to in the last couple of years. And I was thinking about your question and, um, and how much I hate narrowing things down, but I've got, I've got three and then I've got like two bonuses. Um, so <laughs> I, I would recommend Loving What Is by Byron Katie. I would recommend The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown and an oldie but goodie, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you haven't read that, like just do that first. And um, bonus, I would say The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And if you really like meaty, meaty learning and like a book that like you really can't just like multitask and read because it's got so many like nuggets in it, Energy Anatomy by Caroline Mace. That will be one that I check out. I'm glad that you brought that up. I wonder, is it kind of like The Body Keeps the Score? She's going through the whole chakra system and our energy anatomy. If you're familiar with her at all, she's like the queen of like chakra work and energy work and all that kind of stuff. And she's brilliant at teaching it. That book was actually a prerequisite. Understanding energy anatomy was part of the, my master training in EFT, like had to understand it, know it and study it intensely. And I love what she brought to the table so much and other people that, you know, do amazing things with our chakras, that chakra work is something that I incorporate a lot into my EFT work. So when I'm working with somebody, I don't just do tapping We're in there's, there's the psychology element of it. There's the tapping, there's visualizations, there's meditations, there's, you know, music and vibrations. There's uh, tons of chakra work. And, you know, because we can't truly manifest anything that we want in our life without having a good container in those first and second, those lower chakras. You know, it's really easy to get the airy fairy goals and ideas that are seventh chakra stuff and upper chakra stuff. But as we bring it down the chakra system to being a physical manifestation, a lot of times people get stuck. They get stuck in the throat. They get stuck in the heart. Heart's not in it. And then all of a sudden they don't get there. And that is that stuckness that so many of us are in right now. And that feeling of just not being able to bring what it is that we want to make happen in our life to fruition. Teresa, I love it. I am so excited (laughs) to dig into this with you. And I know the listeners out there will as well. Just amazing. It's you're truly blessed with the gift that you are giving to so many. So I just want to, again, thank you for that. I'll be having all of the links here in the show notes for Teresa to be able to reach. But now we're going to go on to the music video and song that you picked. Yes, I'm super excited. So 
what was wild when we connected initially, I never even had heard of Indigo Girls. Really? Yeah, never had. So and then Galileo, I'm like, I know Galileo. So that was cool. So then I went and went on YouTube and watched the video and was mind blown. Mind blown. So it was released back in 92 uh, on the album Rites of Passage. So I found that to be. That entire album is gold too. Like if you haven't listened to the Indigo Girls, just play that album. I would say so with Rites of Passage being the actual title of the album. I have a feeling there's quite a bit there. They're amazing. I'm going to ask, as I always do, first and foremost, what stood out to you with that music video? <laughs> what didn't? Um, <laughs> first of all, like like super low budget. If you haven't watched it before, I would imagine that when people are listening to your episodes, they're kind of like playing a video and watching it. And I was like so tempted to go towards like some of like the iconic 80s videos that were like the things that like I grew up on, like aha, take on me and stuff like that. Like that's like my first video that I remember on MTV. And this one I didn't see until much later in life, but it's just like, it's, genius in so many ways. And I love their music was so much of like my high school and college years. And I have a lot of cool memories tied up in it. But if you watch the video, it's super low budget and it's this really cool uh, meeting of really serious ideas and complete lighthearted goofiness. And the idea of, you know, reincarnation and having past lives or what our lives will be like after this one and so much else. And there's all these quotes that kind of come up over Emily and Amy, who are the Indigo Girls. And they're, you know, kind of playing through the song and stuff, but then a quote will pop up here and there. And like uh, some of my favorite ones, there, there was a bunch. Um, one was, I feared the pain of childbirth, but I got over it and over it and over it. And I was like, oh, and then, oh, the one that like gets me and it gets me like with the work that I do too. Uh, There's a guy, you know, milking a cow or whatever. And it says, I gave milk ungrudgingly to a man with rough hands who ate my brother. And it was just like, that one kind of kills me every time. And I know I've heard similar quotes over the years, but I just think of all the, all the trauma that's wrapped up in that, that poor cow and everything else that, you know, animals go through and everything. Oh, I don't know. It, it gets me. And then there's another, and then they have, I guess, you know, Amy's come up with some of them and Emily's come up with some of them. So they're all kind of like attributed to either one of them as they're popping them up on the screen through the video. And another one that I liked is uh, like the Chrome on a 53 caddy. I was shiny and stuck out. And I think about all that like they went through in that time too, because they were lesbians before being lesbians was acceptable, like at all, pretty much. And they put a lot out there um, about that. And I I can only imagine how much they felt like they were shiny and stuck out. And that was a, that was a quote that I really liked too. And then like the video goes through this whole kind of play where they're dressing up as these different lives that maybe they were or whatever along the way. And kind of, it shows like the, the years they might've been like the mole or Inga, the fairy, or, you know, lefty or a Pope or whatever. And they're going through all these different things and it's funny. And then the humor kind of continues. Like later there's like a slice of watermelon and the quotes, water retention is not new to me. (laughs) And kind of like, yeah, um, I love the, the quote that's in there. You know, I married badly, but divorced well as someone that's been through one of those. Uh, <laughs> and then there's like, it's showing a bug later on, like it came back in a life as a bug. And this, the quote that pops on the screen is I was insignificant. It bugged me. <laughs> and it's just like, and it all it ends and it culminates with uh, maybe we're more than who we think we are, or maybe not. And it's, I don't know. For me, like it feeds into the overthinking, the overanalyzing, the maybe things just are like super simple and maybe it all is just kind of a ridiculous joke or maybe it's super serious. I mean, the song Galileo, I think I am trying to think if I I pulled up a quote here that I can look at, but I had been reading some, some things that, you know, Emily and Amy had said about the song. Here it is. And regarding the lyrics, they said, Emily said, 
that Galileo was the subject that I was thinking about him because he came up with such great truths. He was like this pinnacle of light and truth and the church made him recant. So I was thinking he's a great role model for a truth seeker and with reincarnation being a spiritual pursuit and its relationships to the church, I was just sort of lumping those things together. His name just popped in my head. I thought he was such a brave guy and then to have to recant that. And then of course, we all know what he discovered is true now or as true as we can believe it to be. So he just became the focal point. And I was like, that's, that's so cool. Galileo is awesome. And I, that's one thing for me. I am a truth seeker. I'm all about light. I'm a light worker. It's like, give, give myself these titles, but yeah. um, titles are titles. But the truth seeking part is so essential. I mean, that's why I really go back to the music videos. A big portion of why is because a lot of the times, a lot of answers to this existence were put right in front of our face. But if you're not present, you're not seeing it. And which is kind of what happened even for myself um, growing up. So it's really cool to go back and look because these artists so creative with their concepts. And I love how Emily and Amy, they used the different outfits and the quotes throughout, but they didn't, as you said, they didn't make it so serious. They made it feel like they're trying to say to me to not take life so seriously. Right. And at one point I saw her take, one of the costumes off she was taking the wig off and I almost felt like she was talking about like the different masks that we put on in life yeah I had that same thought did you because I thought that was really unique to me and then obviously one of the big things that stood out to me is the dollar bill Mm. and other country payment bills that popped up because I just feel like we're going through such a flux these days with the financial system, I'm just going to leave it at that. But um, that stood out to me that they they had that 20 years ago and a lot of the stuff that's going on right now related. Absolutely. And if you're just listening to the song, I mean, I listened to the song for decades before I saw the video and the song always struck me as a bit more serious than I thought about it after I saw the video. But I love the the line in it, you know, how long till my soul gets it right? Can any human being ever reach that kind of light? And that just seems like what so many of us are striving for, just wanting to feel like we finally got it figured out. I was going to ask you, because I had that written down. Do you feel personally that that's attainable? What specifically? Like we have it figured out? Our soul can get it right. And that human beings can actually like reach that light of all knowing. Uh, I think think some people come closer than others. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Cause I don't feel like I'm there. Uh, but I also don't know that it's necessarily completely possible. I don't know. I don't think it is either. That's where, when they asked that question, I felt like it was to get people to question it, but to realize no matter what, even after this existence is gone, who fully knows what's next. Right. And I mean, I guess the idea there is that, Hey, I get another chance. I suppose, you know, maybe I don't have to do this crap again. I can get, I can have a different reality next time and keep learning, keep growing, keep transforming, never ends. Exactly. And I also felt that they were kind of telling us to remove old baggage, I guess, from your past to attain a better way of living. Yeah, definitely. The one line in the song where it says, you know, again, it feels like some sort of inspiration to let the next life off the hook and, you know, say, look what I had to overcome in my past life. I think I'll write a book. You know, it was like the, those lyrics kind of, yeah, keep what's, what's next, you know? Right. And then the crime was looking up the truth that stood out to me lyrically because I feel like all of our souls are yearning for higher wisdom and fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And so the highest heights are reached only through commitment to the truth. Yeah. So that's also kind of why I'm on this mission for the truth seeking. Now, when you picked out Indigo Girls, though, what was funny, a couple of my friends that I was going on a retreat with said that they were Indigo Girls. And I go, I don't even know what an Indigo Girl is. So I, was, I don't know. And I'm pretty sure the Indigo Girls didn't name it because it was a thing. I think like, I, I believe I remember hearing an interview at some point where they were just like, I just like Indigo was cool and we're girls. So we just called ourselves Indigo Girls. Like, I don't think there was any like big meaning behind that. I'm glad that you said that because they, I was mind blown when they told me. And so it's children who are believed to possess special, unusual, and sometimes I, national yes. traits. 
I was just going to say that. I, I know about indigo children and like the indigo. Yeah, that, but that. Totally- oh, I should have said indigo. I said indigo girl. Sorry. Indigo children. I did not know such a term existed. And they sort of, they teased me because they're like, you're not an indigo child. And I'm like, I know I'm not. <laughs> and so it was just like kind of the laugh because they all have such a knowing, but they, we talked about different star seeds. They're like, you're from, and I know what star seed I'm from. So I have not been here a whole lot and they, they have, so they were picking on me about it. But so when you pick this music video, it was at the same time I was learning about the Indigo children. Oh, that's funny. More of those synchronicities, even if they're not completely like aligned, but yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny and didn't know if you had known about, or if it resonated. No, I remember my mom, my mom bringing that to my attention, the Indigo children, when I had my first son and she was thinking that he might be along those lines. Do you feel like any of your boys are indigo children? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know that I see the need to define it that way, but I mean, I feel like I, I kind of personally kind of fall into that, but again, I never really looked to be that or fulfill a specific mold there, but I do feel like kids, I mean, I think children in general, like we're so much, they're so much closer to where they came from originally having crossed over and everything else that. They, they bring a lot more of that with them, especially in their younger years. And, you know, and then it's just a matter of what they retain and, and what kind of, unfortunately, dissipates. Exactly. I think it's all how, who kids are born into as well, you know, to suppress. Because I know when I was a kid, <laughs> I had so many different thoughts. But, you know, when you have one of your parents leave and the other one's kind of shut down, you don't talk about some of the things that you know coming into it and you really suppress it so it's one of those things that I think some kids are born with more knowing than what they believe and they kind of suppress it it goes away and then it comes back full Monty when they get older kind of like myself but I love people's stories I love hearing about how this all came about for you with your work and that you're open to talking about some of the things people don't want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, and it's a work in progress too. I've got plenty more work to do myself. You know, I haven't, I mean, even though you can resolve a lot of things in very almost final ways with EFT, you know, there's, there's 43 years of living here to sort through. (laughs) So (laughs) that, that can be a lot of stuff. And um, no, but if I just break it down into like one thing a day or so, then a lot gets done. I know the first year that I was doing EFT, I did literally do like one thing a day. And it was remarkable to think like there are 365 issues that I no longer am dealing with at the end of that year. Like that's awesome. It's big. That is huge for sure. Well, again, everybody, I'm putting all Teresa's information in the show notes. I'm hoping you connect with her. I know I'm going to. And again, thank you for all of your time today. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're an excellent host and I love what you're doing. And this was such a fun format. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And maybe down the road, we could potentially do AHA's take on me because I've not found Mm. anybody that wants to do that one with me yet. I found like 12 videos I wanted to do. It was a hard decision. As you can see from my book recommendations, I don't like narrowing things down. I never like questions where like, what's the best this or your favorite that I I, I choose multiple things and I want to do them all. I get it. That's why, that's why I gave three. I'm like, you know, cause I can't narrow it down to one or two either. So I narrowed uh, my list of 12 down to five. Hey, that's better than, <laughs> that's better than some would do, <laughs> but um, thank you again. Uh, looking forward to any updates that you have coming on and would love to send out to all the listeners love and light until the next time stay well and god bless take care if you've enjoyed spending time with me today i'd love it if you'd subscribe to my podcast you'll find links in the show notes to items discussed during the podcast check out the try a new frequency website for my top daily music video i love hearing from all of you feel free to send me an email to try a new frequency at gmail.com I'm sending you all love and light until the next time.